truth. How do we discover it? How do we understand it? And how do we apply it? These foundational questions of life can be answered in the pages of God's Word, the Bible. Through the systematic study of Scripture, we seek to equip women with a growing understanding of truth, which only comes by knowing the God of all truth. This is the Theology Matters Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Theology Matters Podcast. This is our second episode, and I am Laura Corumbus, and I'm sitting here with Wendy Blackwell and Marty Crabtree and Bethany Drum. We are all back together, and today we are talking about how to study the Bible. So we're going to start with an icebreaker question, because I always like to know this about people. Do you write in your Bible? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'm Marty. Yes, I write a lot in my Bible. In fact, sometimes I write so much in my Bible, I can't read the text because, but I always write in a pencil. I have um, pencils that I use because I have come across notations that I have made in years past, and I read that as I'm reading through the Bible and wondering why in the world I ever wrote that in my Bible. And so then I can erase it. I have some, you know, sometimes I just get very excited about something I've read and make some observation. But mostly what I do is I write <clears throat> um, Bible verses that relate to a particular scripture. And I do a lot of underlining and circling of repeated phrases because I think that's an important for me that's a very important part of mm -hmm. of understanding the Bible is understanding what the repetition means so I'm, I'm busily cir circling repetitions how long have you had your Bible since you said you go back and erase it how long do you typically keep one I had a New American Standard Bible for I don't know, 20 years or something like that. And then I decided I wanted to try the ESV. And so my son, Dan, uh, got me an ESV Bible gosh, about maybe seven or eight years ago. So I think I have been told that it's a good idea to get a new Bible once in a while because we get very used to things. But I have really settled into this ESV Bible and I like it a lot. It's a good translation. How about you, Wendy? So, yes, I do write in my Bible. Um, my Bible I'm currently using, my husband gave me, I'm going to guess, seven, eight years ago with wider margins so I could write more. Um, I think I became more of a prolific Bible writer when I graduated to a Bible without cross-references and study notes. And so that is what I, like Marty, am writing cross-reference verses in the margin word definitions if I look up the meaning of a word um, so I understand how it was used in that passage that I'm studying, repetition. Um, there's sections of my Bible you'll find colored pencils in when I when I did word studies with. Um, but yes, I do write in my Bible. All right, Bethany. I do as well. Okay. I, um, but a little differently than they, than they do, um, I... About five or six years ago, I went to the, gospel, the TGC Gospel Coalition Conference and wasn't planning on getting a new Bible. And She Reads Truth had just come out with their new Bible, and I did get it. And one of the reasons I got it, like Wendy, is it has the margins for writing in it. Um, 
but I tend to use it as a, I'm not a note taker when I'm listening to a sermon. If I take the outline notes, I tend to, I don't take in and hear everything that's being preached, but I take notes from sermons in my Bible. Mm-hmm. But when I'm studying, what I've started doing the last several years is ESV has basically they'll have like we study the Psalms this past year. So I got the ESV. I don't know what they call scripture it. Journal. Yeah, scripture journal. Scripture mm-hmm. journal. And that's what I use for Bible study, because that way I can write questions. You know, I can just do all the things, make lists, do things that I wouldn't want to do in my, you know, main Bible, um, because honestly, there wouldn't be room enough for it. But yes, I write my Bible too. Okay. I'm kind of in the minority, although I, I do write in it and I don't write in it because I, I kind of do what you do. So I have my, you know, ESV that doesn't have any of the um, notes or anything in it. So I just like to have that, that I read first, because I don't want to see what I, I want to be able to see it with fresh eyes, I guess. So I feel like if I have all my notes, then I'm, I won't do that as much. Um, And I would just highlight so much, like you said, there would be, there's no room. So I get the ESV scripture journals. If I'm doing a Bible study or just want to go more in depth on my own. And then I do the same. I do repeated words and questions and, um, I might copy down some notes from a commentary, but yeah, I like to, if I'm in church, I'm sitting there with my Bible that I have nothing written in. Cause I'm like you, if I take notes, I miss something. So I'm just kind of zoned in. I think it's important to know what kind of a learner you are. Yeah. And I, I am not an auditory learner, so I have to be writing something down because I'm a visual and a kinesthetic learner. And so, so taking notes uh, is helpful to me. Yeah, and I think I am an auditory learner. But my husband, Dave, I'm pretty, is definitely visual kinest- and he, like his iPad is his Bible. You know, he has all his stuff on there and you'll see him every Sunday typing away his notes that's how he tracks and learns and that would be like really distracting for me to do what he does i would miss a lot yeah yeah i that's a great point because it does matter you know the way that you learn and just how your brain is kind of wired and i think we'll probably talk even more about that as we get into our episode today so you know again we're talking about how to study the bible so when do you, we just want to start with why is it even important to study the Bible? Why is it something we need to do? Remind me how long this podcast is supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> um, that's definitely a loaded question. For the sake of a podcast, we will try and rein it in. But um, I think it's important to study the Bible because we are created to worship and, and we are apt to worship that which we know. And, and so the way to know God is through his revealed word. And um, and so that's primarily why we go to the Bible. It is his inspired word. It is inerrant in its original version. Um, it is his chosen means of revealing himself to us and enabling us to know him. Um, it tells us his character. It tells us 
who he is. It tells us it tells us who we are in light of who he is. And there's just so much. And, and we'll talk about Jen Wilkins study technique a little later. But she has a quote that I have gone to many times. And she says, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And um, and scripture tells us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul and with all our mind. And so that is engaging all the parts of us that he has made. And, and that is done when we study his word. And um, and I think, too, I, I can flip through and, and say, but if you go to Psalm 19, you see general revelation and you see special revelation. I mean, you see it start with, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God and that's where it begins. But then you see it bring it in Psalm 19 to his law and, and knowing his law. And that's what changes us at the heart level, at the soul level. So we see the Old Testament tell us to study the Bible. We see the New Testament tell us to study the Bible. Um, Second Timothy 3 tells us to um, rightly rightly handle the word of truth. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we are to be in the word and so that we can rightly handle it. And um, and then and you can continue in, in Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, that says, um, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It is through these sacred writings, which Paul was referring to through scripture, that we are made wise to salvation. And um, and that's, again, that revealed word. And and then I, I would be remiss to not go to one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and that's Luke 24. And we see Christ himself model going to the scriptures on the road to Emmaus when he encounters the disciples. That's where he takes them. He takes them back to the scriptures, to the Old Testament, which was written and recorded at that time, and teaches them all that was revealed about himself through Moses and the prophets. And um, and so, you know, if you look at across scripture and then through Christ's own model, he went to the scriptures. And so I think it's just it's where we should go to know God fully. Yeah, I appreciate it in your class. I remember you talked about how God is incomprehensible and yet he allows us to know himself. He is knowable and he gives us his word so that we can know him. And so, you know, that's why we look in the Bible because it says the truth about God, exactly what you just said. Yeah. So as we're looking at this, you know, we, we like to throw out big words, right. In the theology matters class. And so we're going to bring them into the podcast as well. And Marty, when she was teaching her class on this, talked about exegesis and hermeneutics. So two sort of big theology words. So can you define those for us? Yes, I can. So exegesis and, and hermeneutics have to do with the way that you approach a study of scripture. And I, I love that, that Wendy was using, uh, second Timothy 215 to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker. That means it's work, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so the question is, how do we do our best? And let me just say kind of as an aside, and it's been a long time since I've been in a college class, but I certainly remember that if I had to study something, I 
let's say I had something in biology, I would do more than just read through what was in the textbook. I would go back. I would take notes. I would, you know, try to see the relationship between things. And so when we study the Bible, we want to think about more than just reading it. It really does take, as as Paul says in in 2 Timothy, it it takes uh, work. So how do we do our best? Well, first of all, exegesis is a process of interpreting a passage of scripture. And we start the process of exegesis. It's really a three-part thing to begin with, that we start by observing the passage. What does it say before we determine what it means? What it means is the interpretation. The observation part is just word by word, what what is it saying? And then the other term that we had, hermeneutics, is just the set of rules that we use, or one way to think about it is the kind of, maybe the set of glasses that we use uh, for interpretation. So as far as exegesis is concerned, the good rule of thumb that that I have become comfortable with is using this order, observation, interpretation, and application. And in observation, we, we should always begin with prayer, with talking to the author of Scripture, who is the Holy Spirit, and asking him to reveal the the truth and the what is important in this passage to us. So that's where we start is by praying. And I, I cannot tell you how many times that as a Bible study teacher um, and recently uh, teaching in Isaiah, coming to a difficult passage and just I, not being able to make sense of it and reading it and reading it and reading it and ju- then just having to stop and say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. You know, please help me with this. And, you know, it's not like there are flashes of light or anything like that, but it unfolds itself because God wants us to understand his word. It's not like he's hiding anything from us. So observation, interpretation, and application. We start with prayer and then we read and we read and we reread the verse or verses until we are comfortable with the sense of what is being said. There is a thing, I'll put on my English teacher hat for a second. There's a thing called fake reading. And fake reading is you read something and after you finished reading it, you don't know what you just read. And a lot of people do fake reading by skipping over phrases or passages. And so it's good when you're reading scripture to read it and reread it and then ask yourself, what did I just read uh, in order to get the sense of it? All right, so after that, we then we put the passage under this microscope of observation. And in the class, there was a handout that we gave to the ladies. And there are a lot of good um, methodologies for for this, this part of Bible study. Um, the list that I had on how to approach exegesis included looking at the grammar of the passage. Again, I mean, that, I'm an English <laughs> teacher. And so, but I do find that the grammar piece of scripture is very important. When, when are there uh, present tense or past tense, or um, if if a noun is plural or singular, things like that, that are really seem like details that could be meaningless, but they're not. 
because everything in the Bible matters because it's God's words. So the, there's the context, there's um, reading the passage in multiple translations. There are so many online tools now to help you discover the meanings of words in the original language in the Greek or Hebrew. You can check cross-references. But the most important thing, I think, when you do all that, what you're looking for is authorial intent, the intent of the author, not what I want this passage to mean or what I think somebody else said that it means, but what is what is the intent of the author, the capital A author, the Holy Spirit, and then the lowercase a author, whether it's Isaiah or, or Paul or whoever it is. And that leads to um, one of the pitfalls that you can that we can come up against. And our verse uh, in Second Timothy, again, says that we are workers who are not ashamed, so it is work. And there's a temptation, I think, that we all have that when we read a passage, that we just go straight to a commentary and say, well, what does, what does this commentator say about this? Or what does this online resource say that this means? Or even if you have a study Bible, just, you know, glancing down at the bottom of the page, well, what is, what does this, this person say about it? Howard Hendricks, who is a longtime professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, and he's, he's in glory now, but he wrote uh, many books on Bible and Bible study, and he said the purpose of Bible study is a changed life. The purpose of Bible study is a changed life. And the Word of God can only change us when we submit ourselves to rigorous and faithful study and let it become a part of us. That's when our lives change. And it and also leads us into worship. Another pitfall is just cruising right past the observation and interpretation and going straight to application. Not what is what does this mean or uh, what does it say, but what does it mean to me? And there's a funny story about this that um that I heard many years ago that there was this person who wanted God to to give him a message. He wanted to hear from God. And so what he decided to do is he was going to open his Bible and put his finger down. So he just said, God, show me what you want me to do. So he flipped his Bible open, closed his eyes and put his finger down. And the verse that he put it on uh, said, Judas went out and hung himself. <laughs> And so he said, well, that can't be it. Um, so he said, let me try this again. And so he, he closed his Bible, he closed his eyes, he flipped it open, and he put his finger down, and the verse said, go thou and do likewise. <laughs> so obviously, that is not a good methodology. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking, Marty, yeah, the order, I think it's so important to start with, what does it say? Yes. Uh, I, I just think that's critical. Um, yes, that that's where you start. What does it say? Um, you know, not what does it say to me, not just what somebody else say, but what does the word say? That's right. And when you do the work, it, you, you know, I find over and over again, and I know I've talked to many people and you all have experienced this, that because it is the Holy Spirit who's working, this is a supernatural thing that goes on by the power of the Spirit that yields up this meaning to us. There's only one interpretation for any passage in the Bible, and, but we can, we can know it. 
again, God is not trying to play hide and seek with us and keep anything from us. He wants us to understand his word. He wants to reveal himself. And so if we do the work, then um, we can do that. We can know it. Yeah, I like how you brought up that it it is work. I mean, it's it is hard work to really dig in and study and understand the author's intent and just to understand even some of the words that are used even in our translations. And so that's that's helpful to keep in mind because I think a lot of times we go to it thinking, oh, I'm just going to read the Bible and it'll be easy. And it's just not always easy, especially depending on where you are in there. So, um, you know, one resource that we love is Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word. And so if you if you don't have that or you haven't read that book, definitely get a copy and read it because it's so helpful. So, uh, you know, Marty kind of mentioned her um, observation and interpretation application. Jen Wilkin puts it, she has different words and we can talk about that because we had an interesting conversation before we started recording comprehension, interpretation and application. So can you walk us through some of those things, Wendy, again, and maybe we can all just jump in with, you know, what does it look like in the comprehension or the, you know, that first stage? Can you kick us off with that? I I will. And um, I will echo what Laura just said about Jen Wilkins book and, um, Bethany, I think you said when we were just talking about how how impactful this book has been in, in women, um, specifically written to women in their study of God's word. And, um, and so echo that. But yes, she uses comprehension, interpretation, application, whereas Marty says observation. And if you've done inductive study for, before, you have probably heard the word observation. I don't think Jen means anything different by using the term comprehension. I think it simply just carries a different connotation when we hear that. Some people think of observation as doing what you said in one of the pitfalls you alluded to, Marty, and that's just kind of skimming across the top and doing a a perusal reading um, over the surface. Jen wants you to understand that in that observation, she uses the word comprehension because it is the work of really digging in. And and Marty, I think you alluded to a lot of the techniques that that she gets at in her book, and, and she, like you said, she goes to a scripture journal or to a printed copy of the text where there's plenty of space to do the work, to do the writing, to ask the questions, to pull out um, repetition and, and start looking for those things in that comprehension. And she begins with repetitive reading and just reading that same passage over and over again. And some days it's just reading the passage and then putting it away and then coming back to it the next day and doing more of that reading. Um, Studying the Bible is not speed reading and it is not a fast task. It it does take pausing, meditating, praying, um, and just really spending time with the Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal um, what He wants to show you. In that passage, and, and she does some of the thing, same things, marking up the copy, looking for those repeated words, getting out a dictionary, having a dictionary beside you when you come across a word and you don't know what it means or you don't want to know what it means in the context of the passage you just read. Then there are online resources. There are hard copy if you're still a, a 
book with pages kind of person that you want to hear the paper rustle, then you can get that too. But it's worth stopping and looking up the meanings of words in that context. Um, and so, and, and then she moves all the way towards outlining and all that's just under her comprehension. And she asks the question, as you already said, Bethany, what does it say? What does it say? And it's not, and I think sometimes we go very me-centric into God's word thinking, what does it say to me? And we want it to be about me. And God's word is to you, but it's not about you. That's right. Um, and so I think it's important to understand what does it say. And then she goes to interpretation. What does it mean? What does it mean in light of the whole of Scripture? And that's why we study theology systematically, because the meaning doesn't change from Genesis to Revelation. And when we understand the whole of Scripture and we interpret Scripture against Scripture, then we often avoid one of those pitfalls of misinterpreting Scripture. And so um, we have the greatest teacher in the Holy Spirit. And so when we do sit down and we read it and we go, what in the world does this mean? Then I think Marty's right, that prayer, that asking the Holy Spirit to bring truth to bear, to help us understand what we're reading, um, brings to light that interpretation and what does it mean. And and again, Scripture interprets Scripture. So this is where cross-references, this is one of those reasons I write in my Bible, because that's just built over years of studying God's Word. And when I go to a passage, and, and the more you study it, the more you read something new, and you're immediately taken to other places in Scripture because you start to see how it all pulls together, um, Old and New Testament. And then she goes to stage three, application. She asks the question, how should it change me? And I think that's a good question because I think you already stated this in Howard Hendricks' statement. Um, will you repeat that for us? Yes. What did he say? The, the reason for Bible study is a changed life. Yeah. God's word is the purpose living and of Bible active. study is a changed life. Is a changed life. That's how it is evidenced to the world that you and I have spent time with God in his word when we live differently. And um, God's word never changes, but it does change us. And, and when we spend time in it, then we learn what does it say? What does it mean? What does it mean in light of Scripture, interpreting Scripture, and then how will I live differently because of what I have learned from Scripture? It is a process. It is a lifelong process. We should do that until we see our Savior. And I always say, if we have spent time in His Word studying to know Him, when we see Him face to face, we are going to say, you are the one who I have been learning about. There will be no mistake when we see him face to face. And, and what a joy that is to look forward to. Um, and so, yeah, I, I know I went beyond the scope of Jen. But, um, no, that's great. There's her method. In I think we need to have a new T-shirt with that saying. What did you say? The purpose. God's word never changes, oh. but it will change, change oh, us. Yes. That's right. I yeah. think we need to have that's a new T-shirt. Bethany and her T-shirts. <laughs> it's all about change. No, I think that's great. And, um, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, we've said it's hard work. It takes time. It's not just something you can gloss over. But another thing we were talking about is, okay, but what about 
like those reading plans, like read through the Bible in a year or uh, different things like that, devotionals or commentaries, when to use commentaries, things we've talked about. So where do those types of things fit in? This is an everybody question. Mm. So, you know, maybe, maybe attack that reading plan question first. Is it, is it okay, I guess, to read through the Bible in a year or six months or to do a big picture study? What do you think? Yes and yes. <laughs> I've done, it, either I've done it several different ways. And as we were talking about earlier, the way I have done it mostly in the past, once I was convinced that reading through the Bible in the year in a year was a very good way to spend my time. Mm-hmm. And it certainly is. Um, the first time I read through the Bible, I I was changed because I I met this God who from from cover to cover was this immense, loving, holy person. And so I found out things about the character of God that I just hadn't appreciated before in just reading and through individual studies. So I think it's extraordinarily important. Um, and I've I've read through the Bible in a one-year plan that took me two and a half years. Um, the one I'm currently doing is one um, that uh, we I read four different chapters from four different places in the Bible every day. It's a Robert Murray McShane plan. And I think it's going to take me through the Bible in six months. I actually looked ahead, but I'm, I think I'm close to done. So, and that's really been neat too. But, you know, just do it. Yeah. How about you guys? Do you do those kind of plans or? Um, I do. I did. I took the time constraint off as a task oriented person when I fell off by about Leviticus. <laughs> That's where <laughs> it everybody was easy to get discouraged and, and think, oh, I'm, I'm not on the plan anymore. And so it just became reading through the Bible. And I will say that reading cover to cover revolutionized my study of God's word. I think that was the first time I just saw that continuous thread that people talk about from Genesis to Revelation all the way through that that gospel, that love of God that began in Genesis 1 and culminates in Revelation 21 um, when we really study. And, and so I think it's a great drill to do, um, to go through the Bible, read all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think the time constraint is the issue that gets people, right? Mm-hmm. Because they think, oh, I failed. So I have to stop in, Levit- in Leviticus. And then, you know, next January 1st, I'll start again until I get stuck in Leviticus again. And so <laughs> you have to give yourself and I think we've all we've all done it, right? We've all said it took us longer to get through it. But then you sort of build that muscle too. And so then maybe it gets easier to get it done in a year or whatever your time. It doesn't even matter. But um, yeah, we, a good resource. I mean, if you have just the, the U version Bible app, you know, you can have a plan on there and you can join in with your friends. So my friends and I will do it every other year. We try to do a plan together. And so that's, I don't know, for what it's worth, just another thing to think about. And also, as we were talking about learning styles, you know, you can listen to the Bible 
alone or while you read it. That's what I do a lot is I I'm looking at it and hearing it. Mm. Um, or if you're reading it out loud, you're, you're really going to ingest it. So I think that's helpful. I had someone give me the advice in college to just read large chunks of scripture and just get in as much of the word as you could. And I think at that point in time, you know, when I'm in college, I'm studying all these other things. I don't maybe have time to do an in-depth Bible study, but I can be taking in a lot of scripture. And that was really helpful in just having a practice of reading the Bible every day. So I I like those plans, but some people don't. I don't know if you've heard people well, talk about they, that, but <laughs> I, I think you're right. You get, you get hung up on the in a year part and then you get discouraged when you hit Leviticus or when you're sick for a week and right. you get behind or whatever. So the other thing I was going to add in, because we mentioned devotionals and everybody talks about a quiet time. And sometimes I feel like I hear women like they're st- if you're studying the Bible, like you don't have to have a separate devotional or quiet time. I mean, like if you're putting in the work and reading the Bible, like you don't have to also go. I mean, you can, but like that can't, I mean, you're, the point is you're in God's word. You're studying God's word. Yay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, 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 I feel like there are arbitrary distinctions like between that thing as if me studying God's word doesn't so- somehow count as a quiet time. Mm. So. Well, quiet anyways. time anyway is just. Yeah. Quiet time is hard to come by, but yeah, time in right, God's word right. <laughs> can happen. Yeah. There are different seasons of life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. retired now. I have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And so I want to use that time. But I remember when my children were small. Yeah. You weren't t- going to go through the Bible in six months. I was then, not right? going to go. No. Or when you were teaching full time. When I was teaching and full time. And I think going to grad, getting your <laughs> master's, right? Like, I'm pretty sure you weren't reading the Bible in six months. I was then. not. Yeah. So I think people, women have to give them so, do what you were saying is be realistic about it, but do make time. Mm-hmm. And if it means maybe you, you stay off Facebook for a period of time or, you know, some other social media, do that and let let the word be a, a priority uh, in your life. Well, why is it important to study the Bible in community? We we are big on studying the Bible in community here at IBC. So, Wendy, can you speak to that? I'm sorry, Marty, can you speak to that? And maybe Bethany, too. Well, when I was little... When I would come home from school and turn on the, the TV, I used to watch a TV show called The Lone Ranger. And The Lone Ranger was a Western, and the main character was this guy who rode a white horse and came to people's rescue. He was a big hero. But then for some reason, he wore a mask. He didn't want people to know who he was. And there's a saying that we don't have Lone Rangers in church and I think that that relates to studying the Bible in, in community. If the purpose of Bible study is a changed life, we need to be real with one another, which means no masks. Um, I've led Bible studies on a number of different books of, of the Bible, and I can tell you that at some point the subject of sin comes up in in every book of the Bible. And what I usually say when we get to that place is something like this. I say, ladies, 
We are all sinners. You know your own sinful heart. God knows your sinful heart. So let's be honest about that with him and with one another. And we are all sinners in need of a savior. And we just get that out of the way. And when those masks are gone, when we are not trying to be super Christians to each other and, and just being real with one another, it's incredible to see how the Holy Spirit opens up the truth of the word and allows us to see God and see ourselves clearly. And then we have these wonderful, helpful conversations about ourselves and, you know, how we need God to help us with, with things in our lives. Um, our prayer times together are precious. Uh, and, you know, we've experienced that in this day that we've been in, Laura. You know, the truth sets us free. That's what Jesus told us. Um, and so I think that that is a, a wonderful thing about being in community with women is that we can be real with one another and meeting together around God's word um, is there's just nothing else like it. I think another important aspect of studying community is that we're able to share what the Holy Spirit has shown us in our studies. And so many times if I if I'm teaching something and someone raises their hand and say, well, you know, I saw this when I was studying. I never saw that. That's great. Uh, and so we encourage one another in that way. And it's sweet. It's just sweet. How about you, Bethany? What, do you, what would you say? Yeah, uh, kind of what you tagged on at the end um, is, yeah, just what you, you know, you share and learn what God, you know, has shown you. Um, and we all also, you know, we all look different. Um, and, you know, hearing how you're applying the truths of God, God's word, you know, in your own life, which is different than mine, um, but I can learn from you, right? Right. Um, so, you know, learning from each other and um, sharing sharing one another's burdens. Um, that's, that's part of studying in community, I think. And that's some of the joys and benefits of studying in community. You know, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and said that he was going to dwell in their midst, they, it, the, the tent of meeting was in the middle and the whole community was all around the outside of that. By their, by their different tribes. And I think that's such a lovely picture of all of us in community with, with Christ and the Word of God at the center of it. I think that's it. That was intentional uh, for God in, on God's part to set it up that way. Yeah, Wendy, do you have any other? I think y'all have said it well, and I think you can go back to the truth of Scripture. That is God's design is to be in community. We are equipped to build up the body of Christ. And um, and so I think that that's just being obedient to what we've been asked to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we want to kind of wrap things up with asking just maybe if you have a quick Bible study tip for for ladies, I mean, there are a lot of different things, but as we've said, different women are in different stages of life. So maybe it's a person who 
really wants to get started and doesn't know how to start studying the Bible or um, just maybe some of your favorite things that you do when you're when you're studying? Do you have some quick tips that you can give us? Well, the one thing that I had alluded to earlier that I have found to be very helpful over the years is repetition. When I see repetition in scripture, I, I make note of it because every word that is in the Bible is there on purpose. And when God is repeating something, he's trying to get our attention. And so I try to pay attention to those things. Obviously, as I said, also, you know, multiple readings, but um, looking for those repeated words and phrases I find to be very helpful. I think similarly, the conjunctions like, but, yet, circle those and then pay attention usually to what comes before and then what comes after. Um, yeah, I underline a lot repeated phrases. We just studied Psalm and steadfast love occurs over and over again. So that was one of the things that I did is underlined it every time. And then I tend to circle the those conjunctions that are, they really are kind of like saying, pay attention mm-hmm. now. Therefore, what's the therefore? therefore, therefore. Yes. That's another. Yeah. 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 Um, I, you know, this is just a practical tip in life. Set yourself up for success. If you are sitting down and just beginning to try and have consistent time in God's word, be realistic in your goals, make time for it. And, you know, different seasons of life, Marty, you've talked about, if it starts with five minutes, you can read a Psalm in five minutes and you can read that same Psalm over and over day after day. You know, if you have 30 minutes, I guarantee if you start with five, it's going to grow to 30 and it's going to grow to an hour. How fast there's no, I'm not putting a time limit on that, but, but just get started. And, uh, and then I think the other thing for me, when somebody told me to sit down with God's word and put all my commentaries away, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And, but it was, just transformational and studying God's word. Don't be afraid to just sit down with God's word and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and show you what God wants you to learn from his word. Um, He will do that. It reminds me of Psalm 1 when you were talking about reading a psalm where it says, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. You know, that's what we aim for is to delight in our time with him. Yeah. I I think, I mean, you guys have said the ones that I was thinking of, but I mean, I think if you're just trying to get into studying the Bible, joining a Bible study is Mm -hmm. just so important if you have the time to do it because you have the accountability, you know, even if you don't feel like you have time to prepare, at least you're going and hearing it. And I I think you won't be able to go and then not do the homework because you'll want to participate and you'll get to, Uh, study the Bible in real time and learn from teachers who have done it for a long time and pick up all those little tips just by going through. But I think, you know, just start too is just like you said, Wendy. And I was thinking that, you know, when I really started getting into studying the Bible on my own, I mean, I had been, but when I really kind of got there, it was actually when I had a newborn, (laughs) believe it or not, because I remember when my, when I had my first daughter and I knew I needed to be in God's word, it was a really hard time. 
And I asked a friend just to email me a verse or a few verses every day. And that's how I kind of got started. And that friend was faithful to email me. And maybe that was it. Maybe in the middle of the night while I was up, I just read that email and that's what I got. And I just meditated on that scripture. And then as things kind of got into more of a routine and I had one child who was napping twice a day, you know, then I actually had like a chunk of time to devote to it. And it, that was, that was when it was for me. And so I just always want to encourage people that no matter your stage of life, you know, if you, if you want to be in the word, God wants you to be in the word, he's mm-hmm. going to help you. You're not on your own. So, yeah, I think that hopefully all of these tips have helped and we will get women excited about getting into their Bibles and studying their Bibles. So thank you all for, for coming and for having this conversation. And our next episode, we are going to be talking about church history. So that should be a fun one. So hope you'll join us for our next episode. The Theology Matters course and podcast are projects of the Women's Ministry at Emanuel Bible Church in Springfield, Virginia. Please subscribe to Theology Matters wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, please visit ibc.church and find the Women's Ministry page. We pray you will continue to study and understand the truth of God's Word every day and see just how much theology matters in every aspect of our lives.